Good morning. Joining me now is our good friend, Mr. Al Bat. Hey, Al, how's it going? It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. So I'm uh, just, I went out and I did a, uh, a breeding bird survey. I do one every every year in this area. And I do it for the U.S. Geological Survey. And I have Freeborn, Mauer, and Steel Counties. And the low lights, I'm sorry, there has to be a low light, <laughs> but it'd be the stable flies. Oh, oh, my goodness, you know, and of course I'm wearing shorts because it's, yeah. it's been hot. And the highlights were many, but seeing trumpeter swans, uh, seeing sandhill cranes, and seeing quite a few red-headed woodpeckers were probably the highlights. It was... It was just really great seeing all those critters, and I are woodpeckers educated at the School of Hard Knocks. I wonder if sometimes <laughs> I, I the one of them was hammering on a utility pole. Oh no! And I I'm sure it was finding something to eat because I don't think it was making a nest cavity. But the male red-headed woodpecker does most of the excavation of nest cavities, and it takes him 12 to 17 days. Home to 17 days to do that. He's got to be one tired bird after that because he has to pay attention to his mate and, you know, uh, see how nice she looks today and everything else. Is that continuous hammering? Because that would give me a headache. I don't know about the birds. There's uh, a lot of hammering, but he's taking breaks. You know, he's got to get a drink of water and he has (laughs) to get uh, something to eat and Probably getting a little exercise other than just hammering. Uh, when I was a young fella, oh, I think I was still in high school. I got a job because uh, back then I think you could be 16 to run an air hammer. Oh. So hmm. I, I would spend the whole July day running an air hammer, knocking out old concrete and things like that. And I'm, I think that's probably what he's doing when he's hammering on that. I mean, I wasn't hammering with my nose or anything, but... <laughs> Boy, it's just, it's exhausting. You're yeah. out there doing that, and uh, he was doing it maybe when it was a little bit cooler because he'd have been digging those holes in April when it was kind of nasty out, but it's, oh, they are just exquisite birds. I'm just, I've just been watching two robins in the yard, and there's these two males, and they're battling because I'm assuming it's right at the edge of their territory where they adjoin, so they're just uh, fighting with one another. And one appears to be slightly larger than the other, and that one won every battle. So I reckon the the burly bird gets the worm. So sorry, I, I want to apologize for that one, but I just couldn't help myself. You are seeing some little toads. Oh, I it is, and you know how they say there was an invasion of the locust. I have the invasion of the little toads, and they are the cutest little things. They're the size of my thumb, but when I walk past one of my my flower beds. Uh, just on the side of the pond, we have a little pond in the backyard. There are literally hundreds of them jumping, and I caught one in my hand. It was the cutest little thing, so I had to go show my neighbor lady, and she goes, oh, you better keep that. <laughs> but they're so cute. So they were in the yard. I don't know where they were going. I assume they were born in the pond because the boys have seen, you know, hundreds of tadpoles in the pond, but they were in the grass going toward the pond when I was walking. So where had they gone or come from? 
You know, a single female can lay four to eight thousand <gasps> eggs. Oh wow! So it's, <laughs> well, there's a lot. And you'll have probably more than one female in that pond. They were so screaming the, at each other uh, night after <clears throat> night after night. It was so yeah. loud. So I know there was a bunch of them because it was like people, just a, a, a horror movie of the screen, literally screams. And then the uh, the young that that hatch and survive to hatch, they turn into tadpoles, and yep. then, oh, four to six weeks, probably somewhere in there, they leave the pond for the the terrestrial life okay. until they become adults, and then they're called to repeat what their parents had done. So, and, and that's what you're seeing now is these guys are just moving around their new world, and uh, we all like toads. Cause, well, they're cute, and I remember uh, Wind in the Willows about Mr. Toad and everything. I love that. But they um, they eat a lot of things that we don't like, and one of them would be slugs. Yes. And they are eaten in turn by garter snake. Uh, I have no doubt that a mallard will eat one. Oh. Uh, skunks would eat them, and... I would expect that raccoons probably would too, because they'll eat pretty much anything. So it's uh, it's it's really neat. I, you know, I'm not a big lawn mowing guy. I do it because you got to do it. But I always, I don't like mowing it around this time. It's June and July when we typically see this thing, and when we see these great numbers of little toad toadlets. And I, oh, I just, I, I holler and everything to clear the grass because I'm coming. <laughs> I walk ahead, and so it takes me about ten times longer than normal, and then I can't see them all anyway. Well, so do they go back in the pond then later? Because, I mean, you know, they do the terrestrial life, but obviously there aren't hundreds and hundreds of big toads in my pond when they grow up. So where are they all? Yeah, it um, a good share of them. Something gets them. Something Aww. happens. You know, a, a guy with a lawnmower like me gets a lot of them. I'm sure, but mm. there's just so many things that prey on them. And there's a uh, I saw a uh, garter snake, uh, not a real big one, but he had a a really big toad was trying to swallow it so they uh, <laughs> they do get them too and i have one little toad right by the steps here and i i say hi to him every morning he's eating whatever he's finding there and kind of some leaf litter and he, he's good company he's quiet good listener well, Al, where well, do you think, think where do you think the myth that toads give you warts came from because you hear that and people are like oh gross a toad and i mean the, there's they are kind of lumpy sometimes but they're, they're yeah, harmless. And I think it's just that look and maybe, you know, how, how many years ago a mother, a kid's got a wart, and she says, oh, what have you been, what have you been touching or handling? And the kid says, well, I, I had a toad. <laughs> oh, I'll bet that's it. But I'm guessing it's just because they have warts, and, uh, you know, at one time or another, uh, humans believed pretty much everything. So you mm. felt if you touched an animal like that, why wouldn't you get warts? If they have warts, you catch warts because uh, with the time of all the diseases going through, there were so many things that if you were around somebody, you got it. So but they're I'm not warts. That. They're not warts, are they? they just their markings. No. Yeah. No. Uh, we call them warts, and then they have large gland on their shoulders. Oh. And the glands on their shoulders, they contain toxic secretion that 
would give dogs a second thought of playing with one. Oh, okay. I know I've had uh, puppies that have picked one up and they spit it out pretty quickly <laughs> and uh, they kind of froth a little bit. Just they don't. It's not a pleasant encounter for a puppy who wants to pick up everything and chew it, uh, particularly new shoes. But it's uh, it's just these uh, a, a great time of year. We used to see so many salamanders on the roads around a certain time. Uh, frogs and toads. And I didn't mention that. So many are hit and killed by cars and vehicles also. So, so I, speaking I of things on the road, we were coming home yesterday from the lake and smelled a good old skunk and dead skunk in the middle of the road. And so I was wondering, isn't there time of travel usually early spring, like March, of, in that that's early time? The, yeah, that's when the males are out traveling around. But then you have... Uh, Oh, you know, now you have the babies, the young ones oh. out wandering around, too. So mom is taking them around. And if you look up cute in a dictionary, it'll have a picture of a baby skunk. They're just, <laughs> they're so precious, and they remind me of a flower and Bambi. They're just uh, cute little guys. But again, you know, they just don't understand. I, 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 I very seldom see a dead crow on the road, but no. I found one when I was taking uh, this a breeding bird survey, and I could tell it was a young crow because it had blue eyes. The oh. young ones have really, really beautiful blue eyes, and then they outgrow them. Uh, and it just hadn't learned to fear the speed of a car or to gauge the speed of a car. The older crows, they figured it out. It's They just don't get hit. But a, a baby crow is just, uh, you're not ready for the world always. Do all yeah, animals... Have some fireflies? Oh, I was, I was going to ask you if all animals have blue eyes, because kittens, when they're born, all have blue eyes, and then as they get older, like our Bombays, they are turn a copper penny yellow. And so is that a pretty common with most animals? No, but it there are a lot of them. Oh. And you wonder why, don't you? Yeah. I, I remember years ago, I tried to find a study or something. I'll probably do that again. Okay. It, why would why would a baby crow want blue eyes? And I know a <laughs> lot of um, uh, hawks, raptors, will change the color of the eyes when they become adults. Hmm. Uh, the eyes will become, uh, in some cases, brighter, and you just figure it's part of the breeding plumage. But in this case, crows are growing from a much more at least to my eyes, beautiful eyes to a more plain kind of brownish mm-hmm. eyes. So I don't know why you would. Oh, there's so many mysteries. I'm seeing fireflies, which is always, always cool to see them. It's just a really neat thing. Uh, in the butterfly world, uh, there's a lot of butterflies out there. I'm enjoying the little brown ones now, skippers and crescents. And I read, as I do every year, uh, somebody's kind enough to send me a study that uh, found mosquitoes may prefer to bite individuals with type O blood over other blood types. It's important to know that a number of other factors may influence a person's chances of getting bitten. Hormones, carbon dioxide emission, perfumes, alcohol intake, and more. So there's so many things a friend, Cheryl McRoberts from Haynes, Alaska, I just talked to her, and she said mosquitoes do not bother her at all. And I said, if it's your blood, you know, send me some. And mm-hmm. she said, well, she's RH negative, and oh. that seems to be the reason. So uh, mosquitoes like me, but when I lead bird walks, 
there's always a couple people <laughs> that will have that swarm. Just uh, They're engulfed in mosquitoes. So I try to walk near that person because they are like a mosquito magnet. And uh, so I, you know, sometimes certain things in life are just a luck of the draw. Okay, speaking yeah. of speaking of swarms, we were out at the lake last night looking at some of the flowers that were blooming and taking pictures, and there are literally clouds of some kind of little insects, just tiny, tiny insects. Um, they're not here in town, but out by the lake, clouds and clouds and clouds, and I they're just very small. But what what are they, or what could they be? Just so many. It's like you yeah, can't see. Yeah, and there's so many so many insects out there that are swarming now. My mom called them two things, nits and gnats. I don't <laughs> know what the it was G N I T S and G N A T S. I'm not sure what the difference between a nit and a gnat was, but I think it was just something to answer her inquisitive oh. children who said, "What kind of insect is that? Oh, that little one, that's a gnat." And oh. then the next time, <laughs> the same kind would be a nit. And uh, for a long time, I thought it was like knitting, and I thought, why well, yeah, they knit things, but uh, knits and gnats. I don't know. There's a lot of gnats out there. Uh, a lot of them do not bite, so we see some of those. Uh, midges have kind of died down a little bit. They look more like uh, mosquitoes around that size, but most of those were earlier. So I can't tell you what they are. The flowers are really cool, though, and uh, I think I talked about this last week, that in the summer it's like the flowers move from the woods out into the prairies and the Mm -hmm. road ditches and the edges. Um, So many of the early spring flowers were ephemerals and things that grow in the woods, and now we see all these things. Uh, a couple of white ones that I'm seeing everywhere now are Canada anemones, which are, I just love that flower. And then even more so is probably white campion. Uh, it's also, people will call it bladder campion because it looks like a little bladder under the flower. And it's a European species that provides white flowers, and we get them here from May to September. Uh, Jane Agerdahl of Faribault said, I have a pair of cardinals nesting in old Rama's nest under my awning over my door for the second time this summer. Two babies fledged a month ago. I've had robins there annually for years. The new residents did a little remodeling to make it more their liking, and they seem very happy there. We talked about Roger Davidson in his hat with the solo cups on it that was snagging flies. <laughs> And I asked Roger, I said, what kind of glue? Because we had uh, some listeners, I think I heard from three of them, that, and you heard from one at least, that, uh, wanting to know what kind of glue. And Roger was kind enough to share. He says, I use Tegel Trap Glue. Oh. And it's T-A-G-L-E. And it's from Menards or the local hardware store. It comes with a handy applicator brush. Most exterior adhesives should work. Also know that the flies go for the blue color solo cup. Red will not do. The solo cup is attached to the baseball cap with zip ties (laughs) with a second cup containing glue on all sides. When the second cup is loaded with flies, just slide it off and put on a new one. We're approaching the fly season, so I wish you the best of luck. A word of warning, passerbys. (laughs) <laughs> Our passerby will stick the strict uh, start up, strike up a conversation about your strange hat. So be ready with some tall tales. Oh, so take, thank you very much. Or they'll take a picture and put it on TikTok. Yeah, and if somebody weren't listening, Roger sent these photos of solo cups on this uh, baseball kind of cap, and it was loaded with flies. 
on it oh. that had uh, would wanted to uh, do Roger harm, and he was proactive, <clears throat> and and got him. I heard from uh, Lyndon Larson. Lyndon is an an old friend who lives in Hermosa, South Dakota, near Rapid City. He said, I saw the first newborn turkeys and a couple of fawns on June 21st. A listener asked, what ants could I have in my house? Well, they could be your aunts. uh, (laughs) We call them ants. And they're gift-bearing. They often bring good food, so I would welcome them. The one... uh, that uh, would be of the biggest concern, I guess, if it would be a carpenter ant. They're, oh, maybe up to a half inch long, three sixteenths maybe to a half inch. And you'd think they, uh, I, I, hear, I hear from a lot of people that say they are eating wood. They don't eat wood, but they, they nest in moist or rotting wood. So if you have a... <clears throat> lot of them in the wood or in your house, you might check windows and things for water damage. That's where they usually get into. Uh, we do have cornfield ants. Uh, they, oh, they create these exposed areas on lawn where the grass is thinner, bare, and they feed on honeydew. So you'll see them on a lot of plants where they're feeding from honeydew. They seldom are a problem in the house. Field ants, they're the ones that make the large nests in their lawn, and they don't nest inside buildings at all, as far as I know. Pavement ants, they're these cute little reddish-brown to black, and maybe they're an eighth of an inch long, and they nest under sidewalks, driveways, stones, logs. And they do get into houses, especially houses with concrete lab construction. And then we have pharaoh ants. These are really one-sixteenth of an inch long, maybe. They're light yellow to red when they have a darker colored thorax, and they can be confused with another ant that size called the thief ants. And pharaoh ants feed, uh, oh, they love grease. They're like humans. Anything with grease (laughs) in it or fats, oh, and they like sweets. Toothpaste. Soap. You oh. might see them around your sink, and they nest in cracks and crevices behind countertops, baseboards, uh, wall voids. Thief ants are the ones that I bet a lot of you call grease ants, and they're the smallest household ants. They're really tiny, maybe a twentieth of an inch, and they are yellow and light brown, and they are thief ants because they nest near the nests of large ants and steal their larvae. So they're they're little rascals. And again, they like protein and greasy foods. So they like meats, cheese, peanut butter, nuts, but they also eat sweets. And they are small enough to get into almost anything and everything there is, uh, countertops and cabinet voids behind baseboards. So they're everywhere that we are, these little guys will get in. And I've had them get into cereal and mm. you, they're just they're so tiny Al, but, you know they provide I, a lot of protein uh, a couple of years ago or so i remember digging out in the the lawn and there was i remember like a smell coming up was it was it a sweet smell when i was digging and it was by the, all these ants and i can't remember what, what those were and what that smell was do you remember talking about this they, a lot of ants i think have a 
a really cool smell. I, I like the smell of ants. And uh, when I was a kid, I was one of those little boys that would grab ants and put them in a jar and watch them for a few days and then let them go. But does it, uh, some, is there a name for it? Because I think before, didn't you, you had a name or something? Because I remember digging it up and it was just this very strong smell coming from the, the ant holes, the ant. The smell of formic acid oh. is the, the main thing. And if it's smellable, oh, I don't know if that's a word. It's detected by only... By, by not all people. Oh. So not everybody smells. Some say, I've heard them say they smell like citronella or lemon. And yeah. that's what they smell like to me. Yeah. I've had other people say they smell like olive oil. Oh. One guy told me they smell like blue cheese. I think oh. there was something wrong with his <laughs> nose. But, uh, you know, you just it, it, they do smell. But I love that uh, they're, they're citronella ants, they call them. And they have a real lemony scent. Yeah. Uh, sadly, a lot of times it's when they're crushed. So it's when we're <laughs> digging around yep. and we get into them and uh, they get squished in the process of when we're planting something. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden we smell that. And I I really enjoy that smell. I'm sorry they have to be crushed <laughs> in order to smell it, but it's still, it's really, really good. And we do have a a lot of Formica ants out there. And it uh, has sort of a, oh, a chemically smell, to. It can be so many different smells mm. to everybody. Everybody is so different in the world, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, just kind of, somebody said, is absorbing junior good for keeping mosquitoes away? You know, I, I checked with a couple entomologists and everything uh, on, in probably last summer, and I've heard from a lot of people that say Absorbine Junior, and it's a pain reliever designed to help aching muscles and joints. But I've heard from people saying it works for them as a mosquito and a gnat repellent. I've not tried it, huh. but I've heard from a couple entomologists who said, yeah, we've heard it works too. And, and then they had to say, but we've not tried it oh. also. So if somebody's using Absorbing Junior because you got an aching knee or something, and all of a sudden the mosquitoes are, they don't bother you, boy, let us know. It'd be cool to, mm-hmm. to learn on that. Uh, absorbing Junior, Absorbing has been around forever, and Absorbing Junior has been along around, as you might expect, a, a lesser amount of time, but both of them have been uh, been with us for a long, long time. Uh, listener said, what birds Al, other than the loon were considered as Minnesota State Bird? The legislator de- legislature decided on a common loon as a Minnesota State Bird in 1961, but there were other birds before that. The eastern goldfinch in 1947, which we don't even have an eastern goldfinch now, now it's the American goldfinch, uh, the morning dove in 51, the pileated woodpecker was twice, 51 and then 1953, the scarlet tanager in 51, and the wood duck in 51. Uh, loons, are, we have a great state bird. Um, they love to eat erratic swimmers and because it, it makes them easy to catch. So loons eat a lot of yellow perch, bluegill, pumpkin seeds, and crayfish is what they're eating out there. But, you know, it's neat being the only one, the only state mm-hmm. that has the 
loon, common loon, is a state bird, so we can be kind of proud of that. What is the most abundant bird in the world? Uh, the domestic chicken. Oh. Uh, if they ever decide to take over, we're toast. Uh, they outnumber us three to one anyway in this world. So we just uh, we have to behave a little bit around chickens. And I would have guessed the sparrow, but I would be wrong apparently. Yeah, we have these huge houses, and and chickens are pretty much everywhere. Yeah. You know, most of the other birds are limited in their territories and their ranges and everything, but not uh, not the chicken. He. They are everywhere you go. There's chickens. You know, every old movie you watch those old westerns, and they always ride back to the ranch. And here's a flock of chickens running around there with the cows. So. Are there wild chickens, or are they all domesticated now? There are wild chicken, oh. jungle fowl, and Where? things like that. Uh, they, uh, I believe, it's in like Indonesia oh. and places like that, and. Uh, there's an argument about where exactly uh, the, our domestic chicken uh, is. Uh, it came from, but I'm sure it's that jungle fowl, which would be what Southeast mm. Asia, probably South Asia too. So, and they look a lot like. Uh, to me, they remind me of some of our banties that wow. we had when I was growing up. It's so nice uh, to talk to you, Karen. So nice to hear from everybody. I. Uh, Thanks for sitting on the front porch with us. You know, back when I had to walk two miles uphill to the refrigerator, <laughs> you all remember when we had to do that when times were really tough, there was a little village of Bath just down the road from our farm. And I thought of Bath as a place where ancient ships would have fallen off the edge of the earth had there been enough water to float a ship around Bath. But it offered life on a grand scale to a little boy. The village had a population of two before it closed and collapsed into the fold of a map. Old guys smoked miles of cigarettes while playing checkers at the bath store. Sometimes they let me play. On a better-than-average but rare day, they let me win. The old guys believed in throwing the first wisecrack. A geezer could gang up on me all by himself. Some talked as if they were on a long-distance phone call. People talked loud when on long-distance phone calls then and when their hearing was diminished. On a day like today, the smell of cut hay was ubiquitous, and there were always a couple of dogs hanging around Bath. One wowed when the other one bowed. I beat them both at checkers. If you've heard otherwise, it's because the dogs lied about it. Remember, folks, heartland us while we're driving past. So is Bath. There's a rock that says Bath used to be here. Thanks for listening. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Thank you, Karen, as always, for your wonderful company. Thank you, Al. We'll be back with you next week. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.